Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Good evening, folks. Hope you're all well on this Saturday evening. We're here with you on the Big Red Bench. It is a packed, packed episode of the Big Red Bench on this Saturday evening. Um, the drama at uh, the at the Aviva Stadium has just left me knocked for six. Incredible stuff. Munster beaten by Toulouse in a place-kicking competition. One of the tensest games I've ever seen in my entire life. We'll be talking to our pal Tomas about that in just a little bit. Also on the show tonight, going to be going live to Park Green very, very shortly. Cork taking on Kerry in the Munster Championship. We'll have all that and more coming up on the Big Red Bench. Going to hear from Cork Ramblers. Going to hear from Cork uh, LGFA Bob. Shane Ronane, and we've got the Munster Senior League Champions Rockmount live in studio as well. here with you until 7pm 0868104106 if you'd like to get in touch with us on the show this evening um, it's 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 just incredible that game against uh, Toulouse that I've just witnessed I'm just still a bit uh, shook by it to be perfectly honest but we'll get more from uh, Tomas on that in just a little bit for now though we're going to go live to Parky Rin for the first time where Cork are taking on Kerry in the uh, Munster Championship Aidan Leahy uh, is there for us and Aidan just I suppose into the opening stages there at the moment yeah, well, it's first score to Cork. Stephen Sherlock uh, pointed a free that was uh, won by the debutant, Cahill Mahoney, uh, right in front of the goals. And that was, yeah, first score to Cork. So a good start for them. Um, as we said uh, earlier on, the changes. Um, uh, Sean Potter is starting. Uh, he came in instead of centre forward Omic Sweeney, and he's back in the back line. Ian McGuire did start, which nobody really thought he would do, especially after uh, what we heard during the week. He sustained an injury uh, about a month ago in a challenge game. But, uh, yeah, so far a good atmosphere here, although the Iran of I'd say, could have done with being turned up a small bit, uh, a couple of sections of the crowd singing in different places. Uh, but Cork, at the moment, are the ones with possession and a bit of a challenge going in off the ball there. But Cork coming forward now, and it's the number two, Kevin O'Donovan, or Kevin O'Donovan forward, and he's inside the 45-metre line now for Cork, looking for options. He finds one, and it's the number 12, John O'Rourke, and Cork now playing around and they're the ones that are keeping Kerry inside uh, the 45 metre line here all of a sudden at the start John Cooper another debutante for Cork um, I think uh, I was looking earlier on and it's eight starters in all from last year's uh, uh, final against Kerry uh, so it's not as inexperienced a side as we expected uh, from Cork but uh, starting well here and getting plenty of touches on the ball Kerry yet to really go forward uh, Ian Maguire now on the ball the man we didn't think was going to be starting and it's uh, John Cooper going forward trying to break the lines into the Kerry 21 and he finds the pass inside and uh, back out to Stephen Sherlock the man who got the opening score of the game Kerry now trying to tackle in numbers and it's the debutants Carlo Mahoney but he sends it to the left and wide three minutes gone it remains Cork one point Kerry no score here in Parky Rin and apparently Roy Keane is here too <laughs> that's the important thing alright and you're obviously a Kerry man I mean like I can't um, imagine many people down in the kingdom are giving Cork much of a chance today not really I'll be honest with you um, coming up in the car and even speaking to a few people as well involved with the, the Kerry media yesterday um, no not, not really giving Cork much of a chance but I really hope that they'll at least put up a test here because Kerry do need to, to have a test from a Kerry point of view, you know. And uh, I always maintain that a strong Munster Championship is 
is the best thing for, for both of these teams, obviously. Um, but Kerry always fared better when Cork put up a challenge to them. And that's mm. uh, the last couple of years, they've faltered come the latter end because they haven't got that big test in Munster. And it's important for Kerry uh, as much as Cork. The Cork are strong, if, if, if you can understand what I mean. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the game so far, not really um, as rip-roaring as we've seen. You know, we've seen quick starts from Kerry in the start and uh, in the league and stuff. And um, they're, they're, not, they're, they're, they're trading, not really trading blows at the moment. Um, playing around with the ball in the middle of the field, both sides. Um, Jason Foley, well from full-back. He missed that. She was christening this morning to be here. Um, holding the numbers back there. Come away with the ball and a massive tear from the south here in Parky Rin. I must say there's a massive... Kerry crowd here that have travelled to Parky Rin, but Cork uh, supporters finding their voice. But here's the main man now, David Clifford, hands it off inside. Stephen O'Brien, David Clifford back, and Clifford puts it over the bar for Kerry's first score of the game. He levels it up. It took them all of four minutes and 50 seconds to get it, which was a positive from Cork. It's one point, Kerry, one point. All right, Aidan, thanks for that. We'll go back to Aidan uh, in just a little bit uh, for more on that game. Right, for more on that drama in Lansdowne Road, joined by our good pal Tomás O'Leary. Tomás, that's like nothing else I've ever seen. One of the tensest games I've ever seen and just look heartbreaking for Munster in the end. Yeah, it's just cruel really. Um, I suppose this team um, having experienced heart, heartbreak like that and um, the atmosphere up there looked, looked unbelievable. Um, I looked to go to, to penalties and obviously we know the way it finished but um, look, they left it all out there. Um, I think, you know, they were brilliant at the breakdown, particularly Peter Romani, obviously. And uh, I think just the, the fatigue lost a few key men at uh, key times and, and held on. But unfortunately, I uh, just didn't have didn't have enough to get over the line. But yeah, unbelievable performance by, by Munster. Yeah, how would go to Ben Healy there, wouldn't it? Yeah, look, I suppose he'd uh, I suppose the, the drop at goal in the last minute of normal time, which didn't look too far away. And look, obviously, the... The penalty, the, I suppose, in particular, the first one, um, you know, on, on the right-hand side in the 22, um, you know, that's the one he'll probably have, have nightmares over. And look, obviously, the the, the second kick, which ultimately uh, cost cost uh, Munster the, the, the quarter-final. But look, uh, he's uh, he seems like a great guy. Um, you know, he's got a good head on his shoulders. He's been brilliant uh, thus far in his career, you know, with Munster any time he's goal-kicked. So, look, it's a harsh, harsh lesson. You know, you look back to Raj, and the Northampton final uh, where Munster lost the European Cup final and Rodgers openly admitted it was because of his goal kicking so look I think most tens at some stage will go th- through that and mm. look it's a harsh lesson for him it's a look it's going to be a harsh time but look it wasn't his fault you know what I mean Munster probably had one or two opportunities in the in normal time to, to get over the line and certainly no one within the province none of the players none of the supporters will be We'll be putting the blame on Healy. As you say, Tomas, just an incredibly physical game. I was exhausted watching that and just Munster to be able to put that up to Toulouse for 100 minutes is something else. Yeah, an unbelievable effort by Munster. You know, even the first 15, 20 minutes, they probably looked a little bit under pressure physically, you know, particularly at scrum time. Uh, but they kind of shored that up when, you know, they, they brought the, the two props off the, off, the, off the bench after 55 minutes. But look, uh, Toulouse really struggled to get their, their game going and that can be attributed to Munster's physicality and, you know, how competitive they were to break down. And it was it 19 turnovers at some at some stage? Uh, I think the statistic was, and you don't see numbers like that. Um, so look, they can be proud of their effort and look, I suppose... It's 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 probably not what they want to hear, and it's a very little little. Uh, I suppose uh, you know players when you put it all out there, the last thing you want is a, a moral victory, you know. So 
Um, it'd be a little consolation for the for the Munster players and the panel in particular. But look, um, as Munster supporters, that's all you want to see. You want to see it all let, let out there. And look, I suppose as a Munster supporter, certainly I'm proud of that team. You see how much it meant to Johan Van Grand there at the end. He was down, um, just deep, deep in thought. Like, how did I lose this game, kind of thing. But you can see to see how much it meant to him afterwards. Yeah, look. To be fair, I know he's been uh, much maligned and, and criticised, but look, he's been, I suppose, uh, you know, uh, consumed with trying to make Munster successful, and obviously he's given his all. Look, unfortunately, uh, I suppose his his uh, reign over Munster will ultimately be judged as being an unsuccessful reign. Um, and look, but I do think the the signs are there that Munster are on the way up, and I think Roundtree has a very good squad of players there, and obviously the the coaching panel that they're putting together is exciting. So. Look, um, you know the last even 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 the last four or five years, Munster have been at quarter final, semi final stage of Europe, and you can see, you know, they're the defending champions, and Munster pushed them all the way. So, Munster aren't too far away. Yeah, certainly so. And as, I, as you mentioned, there's just the new coaching panel, Graham Rowntree coming in. Um, it's all positive signs, I suppose. And what was your reaction, I suppose, to Rowntree's appointment as head coach? Yeah, look, I'd be very very positive about it. Um, I met him a few times. He seems like a a great character and I certainly know from chatting to a few of the lads in the dressing room that he's got uh, great respect and admiration from them so um, they're happy with his appointment and look the key at this stage is obviously uh, you know bringing in uh, top class coaches with him and you know Mike Prendergast uh, ex-Munster player which is great to see um, but he's he's got to uh, get his coaching experience abroad um, you know he, he started out um, you know I suppose in the pro do and he's worked his way up um, a couple of years in the pro D2 and then he's he's got a couple of opportunities with Stade Francais and obviously Racing Metro so he's very very experienced um, I think he's got a good uh, mindset around the, the attack of the game so I suppose that's an area where Munster have particularly been critiqued mm-hmm. so if he can add add a little 5-10% to their, to their game there um, no, it's very exciting as to what Munster may achieve going forward Perfect stuff Tomas we'll leave it there thanks for joining us on the Big Red Bench today buddy Cheers Rory Thank you, Tomas. Tomas O'Leary there talking about Munster's heartbreaking defeat. I'm still not right from watching that game. It was just drama from the moment it kicked off to the moment it ended in that game. Uh, a place kicking competition. Ben Healy, Conor Murray missing kicks as uh, Toulouse advanced 4 to 24 points apiece was how it finished uh, after normal time and after extra time as well. It was something else. Um, it was just absolutely incredible stuff in a heartbreaking way for Munster to lose that game as Tomas was mentioning. Ben Healy just pushing a couple of kicks uh, to the right. It was just, uh, just left and just not getting on target. Either. A great chance with that drop goal as Tomas just mentioned there just uh, on the, the, the full time whistle and extra time but look it was to be for Munster uh, but they can certainly hold their heads up high uh, Leinster 20 Leicester nil is the uh, current score there uh, 37 minutes on the clock uh, this afternoon elsewhere uh, Ronald Regarra's La Rochelle in action against Montpellier and it's La Rochelle leading by 17 points to 7 uh, a lot come on the big red bench uh, tonight. Of course, going to go over and back uh, to Aidan Leakey in Porky Rin, uh, where it is Cork two points, Kerry three points is how things stand at the moment. Uh, down in Porky Rin, and Kerry have added a fourth there, so it's uh, Kerry four points, Kerry two points at a packed Porky Rin on a glorious day. 
on Lee's side today it has to be said um, so we'll be going over and back to him we're also going to have the Munster Senior League Champions Rockmount in studio we're going to have uh, their captain Ken Howie your goalkeeper Brendan O'Connell calling into us live on the show in just a bit so if you have any questions for the lads be sure and text us 0868104106 of course uh, the lads looking for a double it's not, they're not just content with Rockmount's ninth Munster Senior League title and now looking for the Intermediate Cup to add to that they play Bluebell next week at Turner's Cross so we're talking to the lads all about that in in just a little bit going to hear from our co-ramblers as well after their defeat uh, last night uh, to Galway United I'm going to hear what uh, John Coffey thinks uh, of Cork City and uh, their title challenge we'll hear from them in just a little bit going to wrap up all today's action though it has been a very very busy day Watford have been relegated from the Premier League after losing to Crystal Palace Ian Beach was watching this one Crystal Palace 1 Watford nil. Watford's relegation confirmed they didn't really create anything of note at Sellers Park and in many ways they contributed to their own defeat by giving away a penalty and having a player sent off. Left-back Hassan Kamar was at fault for both incidents, handling the ball for the penalty, scored by Wilfred Zaha, and Kamar was shown the red card in the second half for a second bookable offence. Crystal Palace 1, Watford 0. Elsewhere, Wolves scoring a late, 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 late equaliser at Chelsea. Andrew Chill. Chelsea 2, Wolverhampton Wanderers 2, a last minute, seven minutes into added time. Header by Connor Cody earns Wolves a point. Before that, Chelsea striker Romelu Lukaku had been demonstrating his value to the club's prospective owners with his two goals that doubles his tally for the season and earns his, was about to earn his side a deserved win. The first a penalty awarded only after the referee consulted the pitch side monitor. The second confidently struck from 20 yards. Substitute Trincao's goal made it a tight finish. We knew that from the moment the, the shot hit the back of the net. And Connor Cody, with that last-minute header, makes it Chelsea 2, Wolves 2. Yeah, what a game that was, what a result that was. So they still have a bit of work to do there to finish in the top four uh, after that draw today. Now, they conceded that lady equaliser in front of their prospective new owner, Todd Bowley, whose uh, four and a quarter billion pounds takeover of the club was agreed earlier on today. Boss Thomas Tuchel, though, says the situation off the pitch wasn't a factor in their disappointing this place today. We had to perform and we performed in uncertain times. Now it seems to be clearer, but still the situation is, is not finished, but it had nothing to do that you want to show for, for him we want to show for us for our supporters and, and of course for us because we want the points and we want the best result possible and we didn't get just it. going to go back to uh, Watford there and uh, their relegation from the Premier League their boss is Roy Hodgson he joined the club in January he says uh, he's disappointed he couldn't contribute to securing their Premier League status one can't be pleased ever with a job that one's done if it doesn't work out in the way everyone wanted it to work out we came thinking we could help the team avoid relegation but we haven't been able to help the team avoid relegation they were in the relegation zone when we came and they're still in the relegation zone Burnley in massive relegation trouble after their 3-1 defeat uh, to Aston Villa today Adam Drury Aston Villa rolled out as comfortable 3-1 winners over a relegation threatened Burnley to record back-to-back wins. The Villains took seven minutes to take the lead when Ings slotted home on 31 when Diem made it two and on 52 Watkins headed home the third. Corne pulled back a consolation in stoppage time but Burnley will feel under pressure not least after losing their captain Tarkovsky to injury. The loss means the Clarets could find themselves in the bottom three when the weekend is complete. Full time at Turf Moor. They finished Burnley one, Aston Villa three. Right, so Burnley's caretaker boss is Mike Jackson. He's confident team can uh, still pick up enough points in the remaining three fixtures uh, to retain that top flight status I think they've got that character about them they're going to be disappointed you can't take that disappointment away in five or ten minutes it takes a little bit of time but then the professional people professional lads that how do we, how do we go about it now what's the next thing we need to do 
Brentford with a comfortable win over Southampton today. George Alderman reports. It's finished. Brentford 3, Southampton 0 and a comfortable victory for the Londoners. A goal, two goals within a minute in the first half put Thomas Frankside in total control and then Christopher Ayer in the second half rounded things off with his first ever goal for Brentford. A great goal as he twisted and turned inside the box before putting the ball through the legs of Fraser Forster. Brentford surely now staying in the Premier League for another season. Worrying times left for Southampton and their boss Ralph Hasenhutl with chance if you don't know what you're doing and you're getting sacked in the morning coming from the stands Brentford 3 Southampton 0 Never nice to hear that as a manager I would imagine uh, elsewhere it's uh, Brighton a goal up on Manchester United uh, Richard Newman Boyd has scored it's Boyd it's Caicedo with his first goal for the club a long range shot from distance into the bottom corner and they deserve that Brighton they've been all over Manchester United in the first 15 minutes or so United have barely woken up. It's Royce and Hobelbian 1, Manchester United 0. And that's just approaching uh, half time there in that game. Liverpool looking to go back top of the table tonight. They face Tottenham. Uh, that is a 7.45 kickoff. Sheffield United and Luton both securing championship playoff places today with victories on the final day of the season. United hammering champions Fulham 4 0. They'll now face Nottingham Forest. They drew one all at Hull. Luton will play Huddersfield. Celtic, meanwhile, all but securing the Scottish Premier League title today. They had a 4 1 win over Hearts. That means it's now almost impossible for second place Rangers to overtake them because of their far superior goal difference league successfully confirmed if their rivals uh, beat uh, fail to beat Dundee United tomorrow alright uh, we are going to go back to Aidan Leahy who is down at uh, Porky Rin for us um, uh, where Cork are taking on Kerry uh, this evening Porky Rin looks fantastic in the sun uh, it's big massive crowd for that 11, over 11,000 down in Porky Rin Aidan is one of them and Aidan how are Cork getting on? Yeah, well, 18 minutes gone. It's uh, Kerry, six points, Cork, three. Uh, all of Cork's scores have come from the boot of Stephen Sherlock from Freeze, which uh, is a bit disappointing. They'd have hoped to have gotten a score from play at this stage. Uh, you left me just after David Clifford got Kerry's first score of the game, but he's put a, a free over since. His brother Paddy's gotten a point. Shawnee Shea's got a point, and uh, he's converted a free, and there's another free in for Kerry now at the moment. And Stephen O'Brien uh, got Kerry's other score. I have to say, Sean Potter's a lucky man to not have at least been booked by now. Uh, he's committed two fouls and Stephen O'Brien uh, in attacking areas. So you'd imagine he's probably on his last tick there. And there is a yellow card after being shown by the referee, Brian Cawley from Kildare. I can't see who it is at the moment until he turns his back. But uh, a free in for Kerry and another chance to, to tack over a score here. And uh, this one is uh, to the left of the goals. So that's Shawnee Shea territory. Um, it's amazing, Kerry of two free uh, free takers and one's left footed one's right footed they just share the, the, the they share the responsibility depending on whatever uh, side of the goals the free is called um, which is a, it's an incredible uh, depth uh, in your panel of, of talents to have I suppose um, it's something that I suppose every every county would be envious of and Shawnee's uh, lining up to take this free now to put uh, four points in it and he does from 13 metres out uh, Kerry seven points Cork three uh, so far after 19 minutes um, at Porky Cueve and um, Kerry just edging ever slightly towards turning that screw in the midfield battle as well uh, Jack Barry caught a, a superb mark a couple of minutes ago and uh, you feel as the game goes on that that dominance will just probably become more and more maybe too much as we see a high ball coming here Colm O'Callaghan 
contests one with Dermot O'Connor and it goes out for a Cork sideline uh, John Cooper uh, sorry yeah John Cooper the, the debutant at uh, wing back uh, takes it and um, this is uh, Cork now with the number 12 John O'Rourke and they'll, they'll try to slow things down this is what they did at the start of the game they haven't really had a period like this since the start of the game where they're playing with the ball and there's a mark called inside on the far side of the pitch halfway between the 21 and the 45 again he's too far away for my eyesight to be able to see I thought I had decent eyesight until until today but I can't really see this goes all the ways back to the number 6 Rory Maguire uh, I saw him playing in the Grand Cup final in Killarney he was at wing back that day I was really impressed with him uh, I spoke to Keith Rickon about him of course and Keith, Keith is here as well he saw him he's looking well which is uh, the most important thing um, and coming forward now the number 7 Matty Taylor Taylor hands it inside and Stephen Sherlock, the man who's gotten all of Cork's score so far, but he's run out of room. And the tackling by Kerry, and that's uh, a big tackle put in by uh, the number 15, Cahill O'Mahony, on Dermot O'Connor. He went flying up into the air, nearly went head over heels. Brendan Cawley gives a tick into the book for that one. Uh, Jack Barry, all the way, is back in his full back line, gives it to Stephen O'Brien. Stephen O'Brien carrying it across the Kerry 65 Crawley Clifford again look at all these Kerry players all the way out from their positions um, it's, the numbers don't really matter on the back of the jersey uh, at the moment uh, Tom O'Sullivan the corner back uh, inside the, the, the Cork half of the pitch uh, Stephen O'Brien a man who was probably surprised to be starting for Kerry at this stage I think uh, a lot of people have said his best years are probably behind him at this stage but he's playing well so far and is, uh, he's ran at the Cork defences is his trademark and won a couple of frees uh, Tony Brosnan a man who's expected to do big things in a Kerry jersey gives that one low into Gavin White and Gavin White fails to secure possession Cork coming forward it's the captain Brian Hurley shakes off the tackle of Adrian Spillane Jack Barry fouls him it's a free end for Cork and a chance for Stephen Sherlock to put over a point and to close that gap mm. to three points again yeah we're just going to stick with you there and just see if that point goes over a lot of talk um, about Parky Rain in the build up to this funnily enough um, it looks good on TV what's it like down there? Yeah, it's a nice atmosphere so far. There's there's nothing, you know, hopefully maybe a, a cork goal now would really set this place rocking. Um, it is nice and tight. It's a, it, it's a, it's a tight, uh, uh, the crowd are right on top of the pitch, you know, which is a big difference, I suppose, to Porky Cueve as we see Stephen Sherlock with his right foot put that over the bar for his fourth points of the game, all from freeze. But yeah, it's a nice place. There's a couple of guys in front of me here. There's a couple of the, the people in, in the press area saying how it's it's a good place for a game and uh, a lot of people seem to be enjoying it. I would say this. I'm, I'm trying to see if there's a 50-50 split maybe for, for the fans, but there's a lot of Kerry folk here and uh, it's possibly maybe just over 50-50, which kind of was expected, I suppose. Yeah. A massive Kerry crowd uh, travelling to see this team. Uh, All-Ireland contenders, of course, uh, this the Monster Championship really is just a prelude uh, for these mm. Kerry fans. There's a stoppage in play here at the moment. Um, the Cork goalie, um, the, the son of the Taoiseach, Michal Martin, getting a bit of attention at the moment. Hopefully nothing too worrying there. But um, a Kerry kick out, 23 minutes gone. It's Kerry 7 points. Cork 4 here at Porky Rin. Yeah, it's 50-50 Cork and Kerry in this show as well. Thanks for that, Aidan. Thank you. <laughs> That's Aidan Leahy there. Uh, down in Parker will be going to Aidan again in a little bit. Uh, going to look back on Cove Ramblers defeated Galway United last night. Going to hear from uh, Darren Murphy first off. Going to hear from John Coffey next. This is Darren Murphy uh, speaking to reporters after their defeat uh, to Galway United last night. Yeah, look very disappointed and look very disappointed about it as well. Um, yeah, Galway 
good physical side took their chance as well so probably we started the game really well and um, we were unlucky to get knocked uh, kind of and came off with a concussion you know um, hit the head other than that I thought we, we were probably kind of you know controlling the game up to that point and um, created a couple of chances you know with free kick uh, safe from top corner um, but again look uh, we, we weren't on. We weren't on it uh, first half. We weren't. We, we dropped back when that happened. When, when Connor picked up a knock, seemed to drop off, and you know, a um, couple of long balls, and, and you know that we didn't. We didn't play to like we normally do. Our potential. And um, second half looked a bit better. Right, you know, right, right. lads up at half time, and they were, you know, they were disappointed in themselves as well. You know, it's tough to take. You're training alone half time. They put in a good shift second half, and um, unfortunately we weren't able to score. And you know, uh, we probably were trying to get a goal, and you know we were getting countered in as well. So that's why you're, the, the, the the second half was just kind of sloppy goals, or there was a couple of sloppy chances. But look, when you're when you're three three nil down, you look we went to three at the back and trying to get a goal back and stuff like that in the game. So look, that's going to happen as well. So, but yeah, yeah, I think if if I'm looking at the game as a whole, uh, I thought. We, we weren't in control of it, so like, not like, look, they played out a couple of times. They didn't play too much. They were they were very diagonal or diagonal or, or long balls in the channel. We probably should have dealt with that uh, a lot better. We, you know, when we pressed them, they panicked and they gave us the ball back. But we didn't. We weren't composed when it came back. Um, we didn't take it down and then start again. We competed with their strikers and they were strong enough to be fair, but we dropped off. We should have dropped off in better positions and kept the ball. Instead, we ended up being a 50-50, which dropped us back deeper. I thought, and uh, we were competing then for balls that we shouldn't have been competing from. Um, and that's something that we we need to learn from. Um, in the in the wide areas, probably in the second half more, Trevor, because we were to trade the back. Not not in the first half really. I don't I don't think they they did really that that much damage wide areas. I thought they picked up a couple of nice seconds outside the box, but they were sharp, they were physical, you know, some good finishes from them as well. So look, it's it's, it's going to happen. They're going to like look. We we probably didn't turn up first half, and we know that ourselves. And they did, and they had that bit of quality when it counted. You know, we had a couple of chances outside the box. Didn't really you know affect. We 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 hit the target a couple, but. When they're hitting the target, they, you saw the strikes. They were good strikes, you know, strong, strong strikes and uh, and good legs, um, you know. So again, look, there's 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 definitely a difference in the physicality, um, I'd say, but not 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 football wise. I thought I thought like you know when we played, we played really well. We played around them, but we just didn't do it enough. And I don't think we held the ball up enough up top um, tonight as well. We got broke through the thirds, but we probably didn't have enough options. Um, to hold the ball up top or, or bring uh, lads into play that's something that we probably need to improve on but look uh, you're probably looking at the last performance you're thinking you take it up and then it goes back to this and you know we we came up against look all way kind of you know they use their physicality well um, and some some good finishes and we're just you know um, training alone in the first half and it's yeah, it's, look, it's, it's a difficult one, but you, you, you've got to learn from that. Um, you know, we were able to get a couple of lads into the game as well to see as well. You know, like you know, what a League of Ireland game is physicality-wise, and a couple of young lads came on. You know, and uh, they got to see that as well. So take some positives from them as well, like you know.
I, I would say they're 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 up there. They're one of them. Um, you know, I thought I thought Longford were really good to be honest. I thought Galway, yeah, look, they're they're solid. They're good at what they do. You know, they're they're physical. They're strong. You know, they they can play at times as well. They've got some talented players there. Um, you know, but I think if if we stuck to the way we played in the first half and 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 pressed a bit more together and then you know like and uh, put the pressure on. And dealt with the the balls back and you know went forward with a better i think it would have been a different uh, outcome to the game but that's just learning for us but it just goes to show look they are they are top quality side and you know we can match them for football and um, you know so we just need to take confidence from that and again look it's an unlearning curve for lads going forward so that's Darren Murphy there speaking after uh, Cove Ramblers defeat uh, to uh, Galway United last night at uh, St. Cohen's Park. I'm going to hear briefly from uh, Galway's boss John Caulfield. We know how difficult it can be. We spoke about it all week. Starting the game well in, in the first half. I thought we were quite dominant, you know. Um, and obviously uh, Hemmings gets a goal at the back post. Cross coming in. We'd worked on a few things. McCarthy, we switched him this week to the other side. And he's very good coming in. He had one over the crossbar before he scored. And he, brilliant feet he has. And got a great goal. And to be fair, then it became difficult for Cove. And, uh, but it was important for us with the third goal in half time. I suppose really that killed the game. And, and um, you know, second half... I felt we dropped the performance a little bit but that can happen to be fair to Cove they, they, they played better and, and threw a bit of caution to the wind but overall I think probably Cairns didn't really have a save to make and um, you know you have to be happy to come to Coleman's Park when you follow the holes yeah and we've done a lot of work in combination play between the wide guys and the full backs and, and, we, and, and we you could see that we had done a, a bit of that and we were getting wind behind and causing problems and uh, there, there were good goals so we're, we're happy of that because um, we know how difficult it is it is to come here and uh, you know Darren, Darren is, is working hard but on the night I think we were very clinical yeah. it's, anyone can beat anyone if you're not on your day and um, we must look after ourselves and make sure that we give our own performances and I think you know it's a type of league that you know that uh, week in week out it could go the whole way you know and um, and uh, who knows I know obviously City are overwhelming favourites but at the same time I'm sure Waterford I'm sure ourselves I'm sure Longford will all of us saying that as well along with all the other teams who are, who are battling for fourth and fifth and who'll uh, mm. be looking for those playoff spots so um, I keep saying every week is a different game and uh, we're just happy to go home tonight with a win some nice mind games there from John Caulfield there insisting that Cork City are favourites uh, for the league title um, so it'll be very interesting to see what happens when those two sides meet up in Galway on the 27th of May it's uh, Cork 7 points Kerry 7 points down in Parker and we'll go back to Aiden in just a little bit we're going to take a break but when we come back we are talking to the Munster Senior League Champions Rockwood The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm We're here with you on the bench back to Park Uran Aidan Leahy is there uh, approaching half Tom Aidan must score It's uh, 32 going on 33 minutes gone Kerry lead by 2 points it's 9 points to 7 but Cork have shown uh, some excellent uh, uh, passages of play in the last couple of minutes and just after you left me there there was a change in goal Michal Martin uh, obviously picked up an injury and was replaced by Dylan Foley uh, but Cork have done some uh, really, really nice things with, with the ball in hand. They've been cool and calm, and uh, they've they, their first point uh, from play, of course, from Stephen Sherlock as well, uh, which was a, a big boost. And they were back level at seven points apiece at one stage. And here comes Colm O'Callaghan now, number nine. He's not fouled, says the referee. And Kerry defending in numbers. 
coming away with the ball that is super super stuff um, and for Kerry of course it was a uh, Brosnan uh, put over his first point of the game to make it 9.7 just a few minutes ago. Jermaine uh, O'Connor got a lovely point as well, uh, not not too long before that. There was a penalty shout about uh, half a minute ago. David Clifford uh, got a ball in from Jason Foley, who breezed past everybody in midfield. and just pinged the ball in. And uh, I think there was a hand played right by Clifford, but probably not enough. And uh, definitely not enough uh, going by Brian Cawley, the referee, to give the penalty. Um, as we approach here, the 34th minute, it's carry on the attack. It's Jack Barry. He plays it inside to Clifford. Clifford is out near the near side of the pitch, inside the 21, going across goal. And it's fantastic defence by the Cork team there. And they come away with the ball, and they win the free out as well. 34 minutes gone, and Parky Rin and the Cork crowd are really starting to find their voice now. This could be a cracker. It's Kerry nine points, Cork seven. A little bit of panic there in your voice, Aidan, is there? I wouldn't be panicking yet, but sure, I, I'm, I, I'm here on Cork Radio. Uh, it's great to see a Cork win here, of course. Uh, but uh, no, in fairness, uh, it's, it's, it's a super game so far. Yeah. And uh, yeah, really pleased to see Cork playing well here in Parkerin. What a pro, what a pro. That's Aidan Leahy there from Kerry reporting on Cork for Cork's Red FM. We'll go back to Aidan for another update in just a bit. Second half kicked off Brighton 1 Manchester United nil. We are going to talk Munster Senior League because the champions are in the studio. Um, Rockmont Crown champions uh, earlier on in the week after a 1-0 win over Cove Wanderers. Delighted to be joined by two of the finest players the Cork has ever produced, Ken Howie and Brendan O'Connell. Lads, how are you? Congratulations, Ken. Might start with yourself. Uh, Rockmont's Night League title. How special was that last Wednesday night? Uh, yeah, it was a great great night to get us put it to bed before we actually go into the Intermediate Cup. We were able to concentrate more now on doing this, but it's a great achievement for the club, especially to come back we went in a bit of dip, dip in form. So to get it back again was great. 13 wins from 15 outings, Brendan. That's incredible going. Yeah, um, you know, we, we've, I suppose we've been, we've been around the while and we, um, we always say that the kind of championship pace is about two points a game, uh, which gives you 36 points. We always think wins most leagues. Mm. Um, you know, but this we're on thirty eight points now with two games to go. So, um, you know, we were ahead of championship pace. I think probably the winning of it was was the run we went on before Christmas. We were, you know, we just hit a we landed running. Um, you know, there was an earlier start to the league, and um, you know, obviously new management, but um, you know, the, the squad gelled together very well, uh, and we got going. And uh, you know, uh, we were we hadn't even we didn't even drop a, a point before Christmas then we started in the new year with a draw and as Ken mm. said we probably had a small bit of a dip but probably were winning and winning without playing overly well but uh, as Ken said great to put it to bed now before uh, before the Intermediate Cup final next Saturday and as Brendan just mentioned there kind of change in management it's obviously it's always a big thing for a team how did you adapt and how did you change to that um, to be fair when Eddie was under Billy uh, he learned a bit, lost to be fair off him, and he didn't really change much. He he stuck to most things. Um, he brought in great staff around him, and they all gelled as well. Princess, we all gelled together. We just ran with it, and it worked. What can you say about Billy Cronin? That hasn't been said already. Um, you know, like as we always say, you know, like there's that overused word legend. Mm. Um, but Billy Cronin is a legend in not alone in Rockmount, uh, not alone in the Munster Senior League, but I would just say in in Irish football. You know, his his record um, as 
a manager in the amateur game is unparalleled um, you know in terms of winning things but I would say you know probably one of his major achievements is just the longevity mm. I mean he's he, he the, the amount of time you know he probably won his first Intermediate Cup I think at some stage in the 90s you know won another Intermediate Cup in 2008 yeah. and we you know we were still winning most of senior league titles in 2014 2015 um, you know he's just he, he's just a great person he's an inspiration to everybody his appetite to the game is is I've, I've never met somebody with an appetite like that for for the game and um, you know he's he, well, he, he stood back but I think it was very selfless of him to stand back because he knew that there was a good squad there and he was happy to he knew that the club was in a good place and uh, mm. you know he took his time then to, to step back He's still flown about a bit I imagine Ken is he? Um, he is, but I think he he's trying to stay away from himself. Yeah, to give the, the space to the new lads. But he is he is floating on. To be fair to him, must have been hard for him, I suppose, to step back. I suppose. Um, as yeah, as yeah. my friend said, there was a good squad down. If he was going to be selfish, he could have stayed on and done another year without it. But I think he knew it was time to go on. He done it. Mm. Talk to us about the squad you have this year, Ken. Um, but to be fair, there's great experience there now. There's good youth there. Good young fellas, ambitious and willing to learn and that's what you need to go on and win leagues and intermediate cups and to be fair um, the young fellas know that they'll just have to grab this chance because like, these chances mightn't come around again mm. just some people don't get to play an intermediate cup final it's just uh, they're going to get it so young so they'll, they'll, we'll have to grab it that's what you need Brendan I suppose a mix of that youth and I suppose you're the experienced heads now like you know yeah. you're putting it wildly I suppose yeah no, I, <laughs> absolutely I mean like if you if you took myself and Ken out of it you know the average age of the squad is somewhere in the early 20s yeah. uh, we're dragging up the average age but um, you know it, it's it's actually great and it's very refreshing you know some of the young lads um, you know they, they have a great attitude to training um, and as Ken said they're hungry they're ambitious and um, you know they've kept it re- like really fresh we've had some you know we, you know, new players who came in the likes of Luke Casey um, you know people like Keane Leonard who unfortunately got injured but was you know got a, a, an unbelievable amount of goals for us earlier in the season um, people like Nathan Broderick Adam Crowley Owen Murphy, these kind of guys, you know, they, they're 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 just bringing a real freshness to it, and they've great energy. And um, you know, I I, I suppose I, it, it, in September it'll be my twentieth year in the Munster Senior League, um, and I've only in that time I've only played in one intermediate cup final, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to get through to them that you know these don't come around <laughs> every day, you know. Yeah, the FBI intermediate cup final is where it's uh, all about. I suppose were you involved in two thousand and three, two thousand and four, Ken? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What uh, what can you remember much about that? Uh, uh, I was in the one before that as well. I was uh, with Mary's. We actually played blue belt actually, Bayless. Was mm-hmm. just looking back at that, as I said, like you have to grab these chances when they come because mm-hmm. them ninety minutes are going to come and go just as fast, and you have to be on the right side of the score to, to get this. Yeah, this is what you're you're going for your fourth intermediate cup title in a row, or not in a row, just in overall. I think is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So you've been involved in the big stage. You know what it's all about. If the the younger lads, I suppose, been coming to you looking for advice and how to deal with the FEI cup and intermediate cup and, um, and stuff like that. They're, they're just asking simple questions. They're not going too much into. It, to be fair, I think you can't leave the occasion get to them either. They have to go and just do what they're doing every week. But yeah, if, if we got it, it'd be great for them. To be fair. Um, are you disappointed that it's not on in the Aviva? Um, I think, you know, that's a good question. I mean, fr- from our perspective, um, 
not really Rory um, I suppose the only, the only thing I would say though from kind of an amateur football perspective is you know one thing that crossed my mind last week I saw Terran Ewell and Clontarf in the AL was played in the Aviva oh. you know the All-Ireland club finals are played in Croke Park and that's probably something maybe that the powers to be have to look at you know this is the blue ribbon event yeah. you know if they're going to promote amateur soccer and provide you know, provide an incentive for players to keep playing amateur soccer and something to aim for, you know, it probably is something that they should look at. And they normally, what they generally do is a double header with the Junior Cup final and the, and would have been a very attractive day out because it, there's a Watford, a Limerick team in the Junior Cup final, obviously ourselves and a Dublin team in the Intermediate Cup final. So there would have been representation from everywhere. And mm. um, for whatever reason, they decided not to. We're just as happy to be in Turner's Cross. And, you know, obviously, this time next Saturday we have the cup we won't care where it was played you know <laughs> exactly yeah. and Ken how big of a deal is I suppose for home that you have home advantage next week and you'll have that big Rockman crowd at the cross yeah look we just hope that there'll be a big crowd for us and that there'll be the 12th man for us to be fair um, just hope that the league call off games and make sure that they can get everyone out there to support us really exactly yeah because that's what you need like, not just the Rockman fans I suppose all the Cork fans out there to help of course you do you need everyone just to come out look just bite the bullet and just give support for that day anyway to be fair exactly yeah um, Brendan you've gone to see Bluebell in action uh, I believe mm. uh, what have you made of them yeah we played them in the FEI Senior Cup a few weeks ago and um, you know as just I was saying there before um, you know it was a, it was a, a large amount of shadow boxing yeah. on both sides you know we, we didn't play a full team they didn't play a full team um, of what we know they're quite physical they're very athletic they're very fit um, they're not so direct they like to play uh, they like to kind of work it through the lines and that kind of thing so um, you know a pitch like Turner's Cross is actually probably going to suit them Um you know they're 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 a youngish team as well, so they're you know they're like like our own fellas. You know they'll be enthusiastic, they'll be full of energy. Um, so yeah, I mean, I mean in fairness to the management and Eddie and and the rest of the staff, I know that they have done their homework on them and they've been giving us some information uh, about them. But um, I suppose the, the the team that we've been looking at is just probably focusing on ourselves and trying to control the things that we can control. Um, and um, and hopefully you know that'll bring us the right result to come this time next week Is there a bit of pressure on you Ken I suppose playing at home first off and be going for double doubles are, are quite rare and quite hard to come by so is there a bit of pressure on you or do you even feel that going into um, the next Personally week? I wouldn't but maybe the younger lads might feel it alright with the, the crowd their friends and stuff be there think they'll have to do things straight away from like going into this game we'll take a go in the last minute if, if it got us there so that's where we, the experience will probably just have to gel a bit and get them off the line, really. That's the same question, Shubran. Do you feel the pressure or is it like, as you say, you've got two decades of experience in the Munster yeah. Senior League now, is, is pressure yeah. for tyres kind of thing at this stage? Um, or do you still feel no, it? Like, I mean, I have to say I do. Um, and and that's one thing that I find about the younger lads. I, I, I think as you get older, maybe you analyse things a bit more. Um, and you maybe think about it a bit more whereas I find the, the, like it seems to roll off water off a duck's back off the, off the young lads you know we try and instill into them you know um, you know there'll be 11 of them there'll be 11 of us there'll be two goals and four corner flags and, yeah. and that's it it's, it's a game of football and, uh, and just try and address it that way Um so yeah, I know from that from that perspective, it, it is funny. You know, I I must say, not that you'd be overly nervous or anything like that, but certainly you do realise that having played and play, been around for so long, that these things just don't come around 
that often so um, mm. I suppose you are thinking that we really do have to make the most of it next week yeah, and training's going to be electric this week can I imagine is it yeah it'd be a fair type down training it won't be buzzing to get going you don't have a match or anything in the meantime no, no it is that's handy isn't it go straight into it yeah, yeah look we'll be training probably twice this week now a bit of recovery and just hopefully we'll be right for next Saturday fingers crossed you well lads thanks very much for coming in to us and joining us on the big red bench this evening very very best luck next Saturday from everyone here at Corks Red FM thanks, thanks Rory cheers alright that was great to talk to the lads there from Rockman Ken Howie and Brendan O'Connell uh, going to get a full time report from that incredible game at uh, the Aviva Stadium today Stephen Gleeson an incredible game of rugby between Munster and Toulouse finished level after 80 minutes of action 24 points apiece at that stage but the game rolled on into extra time and on into a place kick competition and it was Toulouse who emerged victorious 4-2 after the place kick competition when Ben Healy and Connor Murray misses meant that the French side progressed into the Champions Cup semi-finals. It was a day full of drama and full of intrigue in the Aviva Stadium and it was Munster who got the perfect start in front of a vocal crowd from Ireland here as Alex Kendall enforced his way over on 10 minutes after sustained pressure. From there Joey Carberry added a conversion but Toulouse regrouped and a couple of minutes later Natamak touched down for the defending champions and the conversion was duly added and that meant it was 7 points apiece on 12 minutes. Toulouse then kept the pressure on their front row in particular to the fore and that paid off on 26 minutes when they ran in for a second try touchdown by LaBelle in the corner with Ramos adding the conversion to leave it 14-7 then just before half time Keith Earls popped in for a try from Munster and Joey Carberry curled in the conversion which meant that Munster were in with a fighting chance going in 14 apiece at the break on the restart Munster drove it on and after pressure Mike Haley touched down for Munster the crowd then went wild with Jai they really believed this was going to be their afternoon. Joey Carberry added the conversion. That made it 21-14. Then approaching the 50th minute, Simon Zebo got hit hard and knocked by Arnold and the referee called for a yellow card to the Toulouse player as Munster continued to stand up and fight. After more sustained Munster pressure, Joey Carberry added a penalty on 57 to make it 24-14, but Toulouse weren't gone away. With a jinky surging run, LaBelle got in for a try and touched down before the conversion was added to leave it Munster 24 to lose 21 on 67 minutes. It got even more intense then after that. A penalty for Toulouse on 77 minutes was duly added to the scoreboard with Ramos levelling the game up 24 apiece. It rolled on into extra time and then on to the place kick competition. And those Ben Healy and Conor Murray misses in that meant that Toulouse are the team that progress. 4-2, they won that place kick competition after playing some heroic rugby Munster bow out of this year's Champions Cup. It is Toulouse, the French side, the defending champions who progress to the semi-finals. I'm not going to forget that game in a long time. Gripping, gripping stuff. Uh, Brighton are 4-0 up on Manchester United an hour gone there we'll get your report on that one in a bit going to go back now so though to park your in uh, Aidan is there and he's got the hardest working person in the business Joe McCarthy alongside him yeah, it's halftime here in Parky Rain and it uh, finished at halftime uh, nine points to seven to Kerry and Joe McCarthy is beside me now uh, Joe a good good first half from a Cork perspective uh, I suppose they'd be pretty happy to be going in two points down on it 
Oh yeah, Aiden, sir, um, definitely. I'd, uh, I'd take it. I'd take a nine-seven at halftime if they offered it to me. And I think most Cork supporters would have. Bit of an overlines on Stephen Sherlock for points. Fair enough. And a lot of the half forwards and some of the other forwards aren't really showing. But Cork's plan of action is pretty clear. Potter is sweeping. Get everyone behind the ball bar Hurley and Sherlock and try and just squeeze the space and for the majority of that first half they've done really really well um, Kerry have had to work for every one of their nine scores and that's all you can ask losing Michal Martin knowing goal is a bit of a blow but Dylan Foley's well capable of coming in and doing a job there and look 9-7 Kerry deserved their lead but um, I think considering all that has been said before this match about what it might and mightn't be uh, Cork would be happy enough just to be two points down yeah, and I suppose we're saying there to three very important players and three players we were probably surprised are playing is Potter, Shanley and Maguire. Shanley didn't play any league games, of course, this year and they've been huge so far today. Yes, they have and considering, as you said, they haven't really had much practice to come in and to perform as well as they have. I mean, Kevin Flav has done a great job in Clifford as much as he can do early on but Shanley and Potter essentially, especially considering they haven't been involved, they've only been training and it's their first real day out. There is a little bit of match sharpness and a bit of rustiness but what they've done in the first half Potter's broken out of defence whenever he's ever given the opportunity and Shanley's done excellent he's done it really really well whoever he's marking they're moving him around he's doing a really great job and, and look as far as Cork is concerned if you can hold Kerry to nine points in the first half considering all that's gone before and the disappointments of the National League um, I think the team will be energised by that and encouraged by it heading into the second half um, what we need to do though from Cork's point of view is get more get more support up to Sherlock get more support up to Brian Hurley we haven't seen enough of him our John O'Rourke our Dan Deneen they're out of the game at the minute and look if we can get more ball into the forwards I think Cork if they keep going the way they finished the first half they can they can stick with Kerry for another at least the second quarter or third quarter and into the final quarter yeah, I suppose the biggest difference looking here is you've Kerry all forwards bar Adrian's plan have scored and Dermot O'Connor is the sixth scorer then from midfield and then you look at Cork Stephen Sherlock has one, two, three four, five uh, points from, from freeze and one from play and Cotlow Mahoney is the only other scorer then for Cork and that is really where that might tell in the later stages of the game. Yeah, absolutely. That's a very good point. And like, I mean, the thing is with Kerry, they'll have analysed that at halftime and they'll look now to push up on both of those players and squeeze the space around them as much as they possibly can. But you're right, look look at that Kerry forward line. They've all gotten in. And what Kerry are doing is because both are sweeping and because it's man-to-man inside the 45, they're going up the wings. So you've got the likes of Brian O'Brien and you've got the likes of um, Adrian Spillan making space up the wings and what that's doing is it's opening space for Stephen O'Brien for Sean O'Shea to come through the middle and Cork are being forced to give away a lot of frees something they wouldn't necessarily want to do but on the on, on the whole in I think just it, it really is an impressive Cork showing for a first half and I think a lot of people it's great to see such a huge crowd and we're, we're being told it's nearly 10,700 people approximately in here tonight it seems 50-50 as we were saying just before we came on air and that's great because like there's a good buzz about the place it's a decent match it's tight I would expect Kerry to go for the third quarter press. I think they're going to try and push on now and get a, get ahead three or four points. That will force Cork to have to come out, and that's where Kerry are very dangerous. But right now, as we head into the second half, I think every Cork sport will be delighted with that first half performance. Cleary's got his tactics spot on. Get men behind the ball, squeeze the space, make Kerry work for their scores. And that was the big thing coming into the night, that there'd be no easy scores. And they've done that. And like I don't think you can ask much more of the team that are out there at the moment. The question is, can they keep that tempo? Can they maintain that pace? And can they stick to it now in the second half? Yeah, well, the second half is just a few minutes away and it's great to see the primary schools games back 
on the pitch after such a long time without any of them during the pandemic. few minutes to go till throw into the second half. It is Kerry, nine points. Cork, seven at Parky Rin. All right, thanks, Aidan. Thank you, Ger McCarthy. Um, yeah, it's all set up for an intriguing, an intriguing second half there at Parky Rin. Aidan will have all the reaction on the Big Red Bench tomorrow night from 6pm. There was a question of handball in the build-up, uh, not in the build-up, when the ball crossed the line for that fourth Brighton goal. It was given the lead Manchester United by four. Richard Newman. Right, then Hope Albion, four. Manchester United nil just over an hour played and it's Leandro Trossard who has this goal a little bit controversial though this one Danny Welbeck hooked across across the goal it was tried to be cleared off the line by Diogo Dallo it looked like it might have taken a touch off Leandro Trossard's hand after a long VAR check the goal was given it's Brighton 4 Manchester United nil. while that was, the report was playing Brighton nearly made it 5 they've just hit the post they are tearing through this Manchester United defence um, they all look like um, they're on the beach basically to be perfectly honest about it Eric Ten Hag can't uh, come into that United team uh, quickly enough um, Brighton 4 Manchester United nil, and I don't think it's going to end 4 nil. there are goals there for Brighton if they keep attacking that United uh, back 4 uh, going to get some team news now ahead of Liverpool and Spurs uh, which kicks off at 7.45 Shane Pennington Liverpool boss Jurgen Klopp makes two changes from the side that beat Villarreal in the Champions League in midweek Jordan Henderson and Luis Diaz both come in to start they replace Naby Keita and Diogo Jota whilst for Tottenham Antonio Conte makes just one change from the side that beat Leicester 3-1 last Sunday Dejan Kulisevsky comes in he replaces Lucas Moura at Anfield it's Liverpool and Tottenham that's a 7.45 kickoff. That should be an absolute cracker later on this evening. Uh, Cork, seven points. Kerry, nine points. Second half, uh, just about to throw in a parky rin. Um, we all remember what happened, I suppose, 18 months ago in the uh, the Munster semi-final when our Cork beat Kerry down in Parky Cueve in that late, uh, late goal uh, for the Rebels uh, from Marquine. Uh, it's not impossible for Cork to beat Kerry. All the talk in the build-up was that Kerry are coming to Parky Rin and they're going to win handsomely. Um, there's only two points in it. Uh, we heard from John Cleary on Cork's Red FM during the week and uh, he said there's no reason why Cork can't go and get a result today and they're only two points down at the break at Parky Rin. Um, so it's uh, it's to be seen what's going to happen there. So uh, it's it's all set up for a very dramatic uh, 35 minutes there down in Parky Rin. But uh, yeah, Aidan will have all the reaction on the big red bench uh, tonight or tomorrow night I should say getting my days mixed up because I don't usually work Saturdays he's going to have all the big uh, reaction on the big red bench tomorrow from 7pm and uh, hopefully we'll be talking about a Cork victory not impossible two points in it 35 minutes left it's not impossible what is impossible is Manchester United coming from four down against Brighton who are just continuing to attack this Manchester United back four so it'll be interesting to see what happens there but that is our show for you tonight thank you very much indeed for tuning in to us on the Big Red Bench tonight from 6pm um, my thanks to Aidan Leahy down in Porky Rin we, I'll keep up to date with him on uh, at Big Red Bench on Twitter uh, my thanks to Ken Howie and Brendan O'Connell from Rockmount the Munster Senior League champions calling into us uh, to talk about their league success and their big 
big FAI Intermediate Cup final against Blue Bell United at Turners Cross next Saturday afternoon if you're down there get down there and support Rockman it be great to see uh, a court team uh, win the uh, Intermediate Cup having the last thing to do it back in 2019 uh, I was up there that day when they beat Crumlin United Marky Sullivan scoring a cracking goal worthy of the occasion worthy of the venue at the Aviva Stadium um, so hopefully they can now uh, win it and uh, win their first title since uh, 2007 2008 but that's it from us thank you very much indeed for tuning in to us our podcast will be online redfm.ie shortly you can follow us on Twitter and on our Instagram and Facebook at Big Red Bench TVG's up next with the block party enjoy your Saturday night folks I will talk to you tomorrow Tomorrow at six. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Corks Red FM.